to share with you my goal setting framework, share with you my goal setting process today when it comes to specifically the body. And I've never heard anybody else talk about it this way. And we could talk about goal setting across all domains of life. Actually, maybe I'll start there and just quickly chunk down to the, the body dynamic. First and foremost, it's important to acknowledge that we have multiple domains of life, right? And so the physical body while being a very, very important domain uh, is only one of the main domains. And there's a certain number of prerequisites, let it, call it life uh, categories that need to, or basically boxes that need to be checked in order for most people to be able to commit the time to their body. So if you're someone who's had a challenge in the past, sticking to a plan that ultimately allows you to prioritize your body, there's typically a few reasons, not a large number of reasons, typically very, very small number of reasons that we all have in common. Uh, people fail to adhere to a body plan, uh, muscle building slash bodybuilding slash body transformation plan. You know, obviously you guys will acknowledge that time is, is of the essence and time is a very big, Jag, I'm just going to meet you here. And time is a very big consideration for us all. How many people do we know that also make excuses around time, right? It's enormous. The reality is it's not a time problem. It's a value problem. You guys may or may know that, not, may or may not know that conversation, but you will always succeed and fail in your goals or often succeed and fail in your goals based on whether or not they're in linear alignment with your values. So if you're not someone who's ever uh, consciously become aware of what you value, I suggest you start there. So if you set goals that are out of alignment with your value values, you will always fail. Why shouldn't say always? Some people can still adhere to a plan, but chances are the, the goal they achieved will end up being reversed anyways. As an example, you may be able to strictly follow a plan because of your willpower and your discipline. But if you do that and it's out of alignment with what you value, you will always revert back, right? So you always revert back to values and ultimately identity. And identity is a really important part of this, isn't it? So identity is the, is the story we tell ourselves about who we are and how we fit in this world, uh, usually contrived from childhood, often put there by somebody else who isn't us. And if our, our values and our identity tell us something other than our goals are leading to, we will fall short. And so while this is, will get to being an objective process uh, that I suggest you adhere to when it comes to transforming your body, building muscle, improving just your, your, your health body, right? So we want to talk about like the, the body of health. It's not just the physical body, it's your environmental body, it's your emotional body, it's your spiritual body. And I'll get into some details around that in a few moments, but I just want to start to acknowledge that I don't know how much time you guys spend thinking about goal setting, but I tend to spend a lot of time thinking about goal setting, goal accomplishment, because I work with a lot of men just like yourself. And the big thing with, well, often the big thing with goal setting is the lack of alignment, the lack of congruency with people is, you know, they have a story in their brain that I'm always this way, or these are my genetics, or this is what's hard for me. And uh, it's all just, it's all just a BS story, right? It's all just a BS story based on what you've uh, seen demonstrating coming true to this point. Now, one of the most important, no, most useful psychological frameworks that I've ever come across in my life that I implement personally is I look at be beliefs like a hat, right? A belief is like a hat, it's like a hat that I wear on my head. And here's what I mean when I say that. Beliefs are up to you. They're your choice. You can literally try on a belief and say, hey, do I like this belief? Does this belief serve me or should I change it? So one of the big things that I am a big fan of 
is if I find something that I'm attached to, a belief system or a story that I tell myself that brings me pain, I'll stop myself. Anytime I experience any type of emotional or physical pain, I want to stop myself and say, what is this? Where did this come from? Was there a specific belief that I've put there or somebody else has put there, a belief that I hold that is causing some type of pain in my life, something I don't really like to, to deal with? Sometimes pain is useful, right? Sometimes beliefs that cause pain are useful. They cause change. But if it's not a useful belief, it's one that just causes psychological trauma, we keep beating our head against the wall because this belief is there, then my suggestion to you is you question it. You say, well, who put this there? Was it me? Does it serve me now? What other beliefs can I entertain in its place? Right? So as an example, some people may believe that they're naturally skinny genetically. They have a hard time building muscle. Maybe they have a hard time losing fat. Maybe they've always had a hard time with women. These are beliefs that will constantly reinforce themselves in your life unless you consciously choose to change them. If you've always had a hard time in relationships, if you've always had a hard time financially, these are obviously not constructive beliefs. These are things that will absolutely hold you back in your life. And so spending some time on uh, questioning it, saying, well, I, I call it a bullshit story, right? It's a, it's a bullshit story. So what, what bullshit stories do I carry that ultimately I can change to allow me to open up the world to possible world, world of possibilities. So I just want to start with that because it seems that most people will fall short uh, to goals either based on identity or values. Obviously, adherence is a big thing for people, right? You set a goal to build muscle, lose fat, whatever it may be. Adherence is a big problem. And that's typically where adherence falls down is it's never a time thing. It's a value thing. It's an identity thing, right? So if you guys have find yourself making excuses around anything in life, anything, create the time in your life to reflect. Create the time and the space in your life to reflect and go, well, what am I doing? And if it's, especially if it's something that's constantly coming up for you, what am I doing here? And what can I do differently? Right? That's a really important thing to come up with because you guys know, and maybe you don't know, but our, our subconscious mind drives us. It's constantly driving us, right? So we have our conscious mind, a prefrontal cortex that allows us to think rationally and logically, and it's our it's our uh, executive center. We can we can move forward and progress it. But our amygdala is driving our primal responses, and if those things are out of alignment, then our likelihood of, of achieving the conscious goals that we set for ourselves falls down. The amygdala will win when you're in a position of stress, when you're in a position of overwhelm, when you're when you're pushed to the limit. The amygdala will win out. You literally have to train your body to bring these two things into alignment or to allow the prefrontal cortex to consciously override the amygdala, which is a <clears throat> longer explanation that we're going to get into. I want to share just the, the mission of muscle intelligence as I kind of transition into this goal setting. We believe that men are built to lead with their actions and not with their words. Society has, Brent, has bred a failing culture of men that weaken each passing generation. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Our community of champions Harnesses an innate will to win, a masculine drive to thrive, body, mind, and soul. So we can lead ourselves first and show up our highest and best world matters most to us, family. We believe that the path to self-discipline, confidence, and character is found through training in the body. Society is selling you on hedonistic pleasures, instant gratification, or robbing you of your divine strength, masculine drive, to do big things in the world. Real men lack a worthy adversary. Someone to test his strength, his will, his resolve as a man. We seek this adversary. 
This is how we grow into our true nature by testing the boundaries of what we are capable of, who we are, and what will break us. And MI, we do this daily through training the body and the mind. If you're a man that knows he doesn't want to die, aspires to the little burning left inside, and wants to get to know his true soul through deep work, intentional challenge, discipline, and the pursuit of personal excellence, you'll feel right at home. I'd like to share with you guys. And if that resonates with you, this is something that I wrote, resonates with me. It really, I think it really sets forth why, why I do what I do. One of the most important frameworks that I want to share with you guys when it comes to goal setting specific to the body is this four domains, how I frame the body as far as the four domains that we may want to be considering uh, when we're setting goals. And the way to think of it is resiliences. You know the word resilience? It's the ability to be adaptable. It's like flexibility. So resilience could be interchanged with flexibility. I don't use the word flexibility on purpose because obviously in fitness, there's different connotations, but this is, this is a super uh, useful framework to take. The, fir the first flexibility or the first resilience that we're looking for is physical. And so uh, obviously why don't use the word flexibility? Physical resilience. So physical resilience is, is maybe interchangeable with physical capability. So when we, when we break down physical capabilities, all the different domains of, of what needs to be adhered to, or what you need to be capable, what you want to be capable of, as a man in his 40s and beyond, there's a lot of things that fit into that. But creating physical resilience is absolutely imperative to your long-term well-being, your long-term psychological well-being, your long-term health. As we age, you guys know this, the walls are closing in around you, right? Things are getting it harder unless you do something about it. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but I want to point out the resilience. So physical resilience. Now we have metabolic resilience or metabolic flexibility. You guys may have heard this, this term metabolic flexibility before other or metabolic resilience. The ability to ultimately have a, a robust metabolism. We want to be able to eat food, digest it, absorb it, assimilate it, and then turn it into usable, usable energy. And so that process diminishes as we age. So we, again, just same idea. The walls are closing in around you. Do you think you digest, absorb, assimilate, and, and turn it into and turn it into usable energy as well as you did when you were 21? Right. The answer for most of us is no. Uh, the answer for some of us is yes, I do, and that's the goal. Right. Is I want to return myself to my 20, 21 or 25 year old self. So physical capability of a 25 year old self, um, metabolic capability of a 25 year old self. Okay. The third one is physiological resilience physiological capability. What is physiological resilience? Well, there's a number of different internal resiliencies that are required. So I want to be able to be resilient to temperature. I want to be able to be resilient to high amounts of carbon dioxide. I want to be resilient to pH. So there, there's some things in the body, like think of an example of resiliency. Well, if, I'm, if I get into a sauna or I get into a cold tub, am I resilient enough to withstand that? Right. So literally the ability of, of the physiology to adapt. Those are just three examples. The fourth and final one is psychological resilience, as you can imagine, right? So am I psychologically resilient or am I soft? Am I weak as a kitten, right? As, in society, as you guys know, we often are, are breeding. And, and as I say, my mission of muscle intelligence, it's not your fault, right? We're born into a really changing world. It's not your fault. I mean, you're born into this world. It's not your choice, but it is our responsibility to, to change it to take control of it, to ultimately lead the next generation. We, we as men, uh, are in a very interesting time in, in the history of humanity. 
I think we're a transitional generation, right? We're coming out of this, these generations that really didn't know anything about health and fitness and had very little level of manipulation, right? Prior to the internet, the, I mean, some, but little, but prior to the internet, there wasn't huge amounts of manipulation on your psyche, was there? But now, all there's, I mean, maybe prior to television, there was huge amounts of manipulation to your psyche. But now, kids being born after us, TV, internet, phone, like, politics they're being manipulated in every way possible and they lack leadership just like we lack leadership but we didn't maybe have as much uh, to deal with as this subsequent generation so while people shit on the subsequent generation that's coming after us i don't think it's their fault i think it's the lack of leadership right if they had real leaders and, and real role models to follow they would know what to do they have no idea what their place is in society just as many of us didn't right or don't like, what is, what is a real man? How do you know when you become a man? How many of you went through a rite of passage? How many of you guys know, like, yeah, I'm actually a man now? So many people become adults, but they're not men. And so what's missing in our society is, is a clear group of men who can hold each other accountable to, hey, this is what this is supposed to look like, and here's how to do it. And I'm not going to shit on you because you can't, but I'm going to help you through it, right? I'm not going to condemn you because of your lack of capability, but I'm certainly going to walk you through this process, provided you're willing to endure what it takes. And so when it comes to transforming your body, these four, or, or maybe your life, these four resiliencies are the way we should be framing it. So if you could be honest with yourself and ask yourself, relative to, to where you were maybe at, the, at your peak in your life, so let's, let's, let's all rewind back 10 years from today. And we say, okay, where was I 10 years ago? So personally, I was 31 years old, not 41, I was 31 years old, probably actually just getting off the stage at the Arnold Classic. So how am I now compared to that? Um, so yeah, the Arnold Classic was either this weekend or last weekend. So how am I compared to them? I'm healthier, psychologically more resilient, physiologically more resilient. My fitness would be different. And I would say certainly better. You know, certain things are better, better. certain things maybe are, are, are not as good. Strength-wise, obviously, I'm not the same, but health-wise, I'm better. So comparing myself to who I was 10 years ago, I think I'm better. And I hope, I know, actually, I don't hope, I'm going to be able to say that in 10 years when I'm 51, in 20 years when I'm 61. Am I better than I was 10 years ago? Am I better than I was at 31? How about if we compare ourselves again 20 years ago? Where are you from there? So if you're someone who's seeing any type of gradual decline from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, Here's here's an important message for you. It's gonna go. It's gonna get worse. It's gonna get faster, right? We know that after the age of fifty, it's it's a precipitous fall. It's a very quick decline. Fifty fifty five for different men. So it starts to fall quickly. So we have to be super aware of well, what is the process? How do how do I ultimately improve my resiliencies in all these four areas? But guys, don't neglect any of them. One is it more important than the next? So. Once we identify, the first the first part of uh, identifying where we are in our life is, is assessment, right? There needs to be a pretty detailed assessment. Like, how can I assess myself physically? And I think the simplest one is, again, maybe when you're 21 or 31 or you know 10 years, 20 years ago, isn't a good example for you. But what would it look like to compare yourself against someone in, in good condition 10 years ago and 20 years ago, right? Where would you add up? And if you're not where you want to be, if you're not where you should be, then it's worth taking action. It's worth taking diligent action. And some excuse or reason came up in your mind. Mark that down. I want you to write down what that reason was. You're like, hey, well, here's why I can't be as good as I was 10 years ago. Here's why I can't be as good as I was 20 years ago. Mark it down. 
and and ask yourself, is it legitimate, right? Or is it not? Because some some reasons are legitimate, right? Like, hey man, I'm physically not capable. I, I blew up this body part or I'm, you know, I'm physically not capable of doing the same thing, but I could definitely optimize what I am capable of. So I would just pause right there to encourage you guys to, to list out the reasons that came up for you as to like, hey, what is the reason? What are the reasons? Multiple bit perhaps. And I'm going to tell you another really, really important fact. All of your reasons and excuses are common. Everyone makes the same excuses. Everyone makes the same reasons. Everyone ultimately fails for the same reasons. It's a very small number of reasons that allow us to fall short or have us fall short, right? Your challenges are common. Your gifts are unique, but your challenges are common. And so the reason I share that with you is because I want you to realize that anything you're going through, there's someone out there who can help you. Absolutely someone there who can help you. So think it through, right? You're not alone. You're not, not an island. You can do anything you want. Um, you just have to find the right person. And I know this because I've been very blessed in my life to take on a mindset of growth. Have you guys ever read the book uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck? If you haven't, it's worth a read. Carol Dweck, it's a wonderful book, one of the most, one of the most maybe influential of the last 25 years. Um, she speaks about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. Growth mindset is obviously one that believes that whatever's in front of them, they can overcome the obstacle. Fixed mindset is like, nah, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm genetically now incapable or my lifestyle is not allowing me to where I'm old. It's all those excuses, those reasons as to why you can't. So I, I suggest checking out that book if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff. One of the things that, that significantly impacted my life, you guys may have heard my story. In 1998, I was 17 years old. I went to the Mr. Olympia contest with my dad. I was 155 pounds, same height, 5'10", 155 pounds. And I went to the Mr. Olympia contest. In the first year, Ronnie Coleman won his Olympia in 1998, New York City. Remember it like it was yesterday. And in that moment, I made the decision that I was going to become Mr. Olympia. I, was, I, I decided I wanted to be a professional bodybuilder. I don't know that I said Mr. Olympia. And the reason why I bring that up is because from that moment forward, that was the standard by which I judged myself. So while I progressed and I, everyone's like, man, you're huge. You want to get bigger. I was 18. Like, oh, you're huge. You put on 50 pounds. Oh, you're huge. You put on 100 pounds. Until I looked like one of the guys in the Olympia stage, I didn't even look up. I didn't look to compare myself against the guys in the gym. I didn't look up to compare myself against the guys even in my country. Like until I look like the guys in the Mr. Olympia stage, I'm not there. And so why I think that's relevant is because what I, what, what I created for myself, unknowingly to me, was a world-class standard and a deadline. So I set myself very specific deadlines. So I said, when I'm going to turn 25, I'm going to get my pro card. By the time I'm 30, I'm going to be Mr. Olympia. I'm sure this with you if it didn't come true, but I'm close. Uh, by the time I'm 30, I'm Mr. Olympia. By the time I'm 35, I'm going to retire. So I got my first, uh, I got my pro card by 26. So I was a year late. I did my first Olympia by 30. Actually, I qualified for my first Olympia before I was 30, but I didn't do it. Um, and I obviously didn't get any Mr. Olympias, um, but life had better plans for me, right? I think I accomplished a lot in that sport. I don't share this to, to boast or brag. I just share it to, to acknowledge the thing that allowed me to accomplish something great, something greater than everyone else around me thought was standard. And there was just no looking up. There's no, there's no stopping until I got there. I know a lot of you guys hold yourself to a high standard now, but consider your standard your standard in all of your goals and your standard often is to do with who you surround yourself with and guys it's so easy right now like if you have an excuse as to who you live with or who's out it's so easy right now 
to find a community near you of people who do awesome shit. Like the internet is such a blessing if you use it that way. It's such a curse if you use it to get sucked into the the rabbit hole of scrolling, but it's such a blessing for you to find the people around you who inspire you if you're someone who wants to take action. So I encourage you, get out of your own way, stop believing your own bullshit, and take action on what, what's important to you. And again, always check back in on your values. So one, one thing that I run into a lot with clients is lack of motivation, right? So some people start super motivated to begin with and then it falls. Like, oh, man, I stopped the same motivation, I'm on the same drive. So my understanding of motivation is that motivation comes as a result of a small number of things. So the two things that I think motivation, that are prerequisites to motivation, one, energy, two, progress. So if you lack energy, literally physical energy, you lack the ability to produce energy inside your body. Motivation becomes hard. I'll talk about that. Second, progress. Why is progress so important? Your brain is a progress-oriented machine. We have dopamine systems in our brain that ultimately reward us for progress. So if you're not someone who's making small incremental progress that you measure and you manage, you're likely to fall short. You must measure and manage your progress. You must. Even if it's tiny, right? You guys have probably heard numerous stories about people who, you know, I'll tell you a story about one guy. He wanted to lose, I think, 150 pounds, and he really hated going to the gym. So what he did for the first 90 days, he just parked in the parking lot, but he committed to going every day. He never went into the gym once. He just parked in the parking lot. And then one day he decided to, to work up the strength to go into the gym, and he went to the gym once. And then he just went in, walked in, looked around, left, left. Kept doing that repeatedly. Eventually, he went and he did one set. And so he worked up the courage to move into ultimately transforming his body. But it started off just like drive to the gym and park a parking lot. He didn't have the courage to go in. But good for him for sticking around long enough to see it all the way through the end. Right. So he gave himself dopamine. He knew that he was going to drive to the gym no matter what. That small thing, even though it isn't going to change his body, it directly moves in, in the direction of his results and his goals. So one of the things that we implement in the Muscle Intelligence Coaching Community, many of you guys are part of, is, is the Daily Top 5. And the Daily Top 5 is meant to be something that allows you to achieve 100% success. So the Daily Top 5 is five daily habits, tiny habits, well, they, could be, they could be big for some people and small for others, that allow you to, if you check these five boxes every day, we know, we know that you're going to achieve your goal. So one of our values in Muscle Intelligence is 100% success. What 100% success means is that it's our job as coaches to establish the top five priorities for you every day. It's actually every week we do it. We do it once a week and you have that habits for the week. And then we check in with you. All you have to tell us is, yes, coach, win, check mark. And we know we know it's our goal. We know we've accomplished our goal. So if you start stacking wins and you put together 10, 20, 30, 60 days in a row, of these top five habits, we guarantee results, we guarantee progress, right? So it's not complex. Certainly knowing what the top five is can be complex, but doing small things is not complex, right? Top five, an example of some top five for you guys, uh, five minutes of meditation when, when you wake up, three minutes of gratitude before your feet hit the floor, liter to liter and a half of water before you consume anything, 
I like to say 5,000 steps before you eat anything. I like to say no electronics two hours before bed. Again, there's so many different ones, right? But th- it's, it's what's important for you, right? Those are just examples, but it's what's important for you. So if we look back at the resiliencies and we say, well, which of these is the biggest challenge for you, right? Is it physical capability? Is it metabolic capability? Is it physiological capability? Is it psychological capability? Um, if any of those are deficient, then we're going to do something specific to that to allow you to be exposed to those things to get better at it, right? Don't avoid the things you're bad at. Move toward them. This is, again, another strange um, gift that I was given in my life is some sick desire to move toward the things that I hate and the things that I'm uncomfortable with. I just, I don't, I think I, I think it's honestly, I, the more that I think about it, I think it's a so, somewhere between self-loathing and a belief that I'm lazy. And I don't actually loathe myself. I think at this unconscious level, it's like, I hate this like little bitch in me that's lazy. And so when I see something that's uncomfortable, I go toward it. And it hasn't always been that way. <laughs> the reason I say this is because when I was, was a kid, I identified as being lazy. All the way up until I was probably 18 years old, I identified as being very lazy. And I hated that about myself. So that's what drove me to like, every time there was something I didn't want to do, I'm like, no, I'm going, I'm going to go do it. Because like, you're not a lazy bitch. And it built me into someone who pursued challenge. And that was a gift to me, right? Again, I don't tell you, I'm not telling you to loathe yourself, <laughs> but uh, it, it was a driver for me. And I guess it's a gift. So guys, what I want this session to become for you is creating an awareness. Again, I can, I can walk you through the step-by-step process that I go through every week. And that's my kind of next step. But the way my process is not necessarily just physical. My process is looking at all the domains of my life. So as far as my process, I'm a big believer in long-term goals. Uh, long-term goals set the trajectory, right? It's like wealth. If you're someone who's broke, you're thinking about tomorrow. You're thinking about next week, you're thinking about next month. For someone who's wealthy, you're planning out your kids, your grandkids, your you know multiple generations. And so when it comes to um, goal setting, I'm a big fan of First, start with a 25-year vista. Like, so I did this when I turned 40. I'm like, who am I going to be when I'm 65? What do I want to be capable of? So I want you guys to all start there and say, who am I going to be in 25 years? And get really clear on what that is. And I'll give you an example why that matters. Because if I say that I want to be a surfer when I'm uh, in one year, and I've never surfed before, I haven't, but let's say I haven't, uh, versus I want to be a confident surfer when I'm 65. How does that change the pressure I put on myself, the demands I put on myself, and how I approach surfing. Right? So for me, if I say I want to be a great surfer when I'm 65 so I can surf with my grandkids, I could take them to our home in Costa Rica. All I have to do today is stand up. All I have to do is today is stand up on the board. And it's a win, right? I've given myself a win. If I say I need to be a world-class surfer in 12 months, Everything I do is a fail. Everything I do is falling short. And that drives some people. So I won't deny the value of that. But I'm a much bigger advocate of like, man, stand up once, you know, fall down once, stand up twice, right? That's what I would say. So so I love the idea of these 25-year vistas. And then it allows me to set big picture trajectory based on what I value. So if you guys, if you guys set a 25-year vista, it's a very good practice to allow you to start to understand what your values are. Because if you assume that in 25 years, you've, you've achieved financial freedom, 
because I hope all of us have. You've probably, you know, if you have kids, they're probably gone. Maybe you're getting close to like, I don't need to do this job anymore. What would you actually do with yourself, right? What would I actually do with myself in 25 years if I didn't have to do all the daily monotony that I'm doing now, right? Assuming you are. So what would you do? And that changes it. So it puts, a, it puts a perspective of like, what do I love to do, right? For me personally, I want to ride my bike 20 hours a week, right? I want to, I want to learn from the best people in the world 20 hours a week. I'm going to spend as much time as I can with my, ch- my, my children, right? That's what I'm going to teach. I want to share. I want to communicate. I want to collaborate with the smartest people in the world. So actually, this is another, I'll share one, one more thing with you guys about one of my 25-year goals. There's actually one of my 25-year goals when I was 15 years old. Um, I don't know how I started seeing goals at 15. I think I read it in a bodybuilding magazine somewhere. <laughs> um, I, I have this vision of the proverbial table, right? Sitting at a table, big table. And it's the most influential men in the world sitting at that table. And I'm at that table because I was invited to that table. Not because I got I bought a ticket, not because I snuck in, because they saw me as one of the most influential, impactful people in the world. And that's a vision that I hold strong in my heart every day. It's like, how do you become someone of value so that the, the strongest, smartest, most influential people in the world uh, invite you to the table? Now, that's subjective, right? So when I say most influential people in the world, that's my interpretation. Who do I, who do I think is going to be at that table? based on the, the mission, the vision, the values that I hold, the way that I want this, to see the world go. And so I have this vision of, of me sitting at the table and I'm not just sitting at the table because I'm you know, a bystander. I'm, I'm a significant contributor to that table. And so that drives me every day. People say, how do you learn so much? How do you read so much? How do you, how do you get so much done? Well, the answer is that, right? Because I know there's someone out there working harder than me for sure. I know there's someone out there who's smarter than me. There always has been. There always will be. I know there's someone out there who's more capable than me. Someone out there who's probably more gifted than me, right? Maybe they have better opportunities. But I'm just going to do the best that I can every day so that I can get my chance at the table. And that's what drives me to when I have 10 minutes between clients, I'm reading, I'm learning, I'm watching a video, like I'm taking a course, something, because I want to be able to contribute at the table. Set a goal, be super clear on what it is, and make it make it much bigger than you anticipate, much bigger than you think you're capable of. That's I I would say. One of the things that has allowed me to grow most, I was thinking about this this morning as I kind of planned this out, um, is I do things like this, and so I have to organize my thoughts in a way that's somewhat coherent and hopefully valuable. And um, sometimes I have to do a ton of research and be like, oh, what, what do I do and how do I how do I organize this because. You do a lot of things unconsciously, right? We do a lot of things just like we go through it and it's a part of our day, but bringing them to the conscious where you can actually articulate it in a way that, and, and, and teach it, that's not easy. So I love putting myself into the fire. Just throw yourself in the fire. Like, I don't know, I'm going to do it. I'll just figure it out. Right? That's kind of been an approach I've taken my entire life. No idea how I'm going to get there. But and I'll give you a final, final metaphor in my life. I was uh, 24. Never, sur- never skied or snowboarded in my life. So what do I do? I go to the top of the highest um, gondola at Whistler, which is really big mountain in Canada. And I had a snowboard. Really sore ass when I got to the bottom. And we got there. It took me a long time. But that's just like, you get to the top, you got to find your way down, right? 
by the time I got to the bottom, I was capable. I was very capable. This is an example. Sometimes you just got to throw yourself in the fire. Here's my here's my weekly goal setting process. So I gave you my 25 year vista, and then so within that, I have I have domains of life, right? The domains that are important to me now and we change over time. But the domains are important to me now: family, finances, fitness. Obviously, there's many other ones that are subcategories. We'll start with those. Keeps it simple for you guys, right? right? Finally, finances and fitness. So in each of those areas, so you can say profession, you can say vacation, you can say passion, you can say joy. One of the things that I curated in my life, which I think is very important, is curating joy. So just write all those areas down and write all the things you need to do to, to show up at your highest and best in that area. So it may be worthwhile for you to write out, who am I when I'm at my best with for my family? Who am I when I'm at my best financially? Who am I when I'm at my best as far as my fitness? At your best. Who are you every day? How do you show up every single day? What's your attitude? What's your energy? What's your commitments? What's your follow through? Ask those things. And then just create a map for yourself, right? One of the daily executable habits that you can do to follow through. Thanks for listening to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. For full episode guides with important takeaways and bonus resources, head over to muscleintelligence.com slash learn. If you enjoy the show and find value in the content, please subscribe, share this podcast with at least one person you know and love who would benefit from this content, leave us a review, and support our sponsors. You can see the full list of show sponsors, discounts, and get exclusive Muscle Intelligence deals at muscleintelligence.com slash resources. To join our private community and get VIP access to my master classes, upcoming muscle camps, and other resources that we don't post anywhere else, head to muscleintelligence.com slash community. Most of all, thank you very much for your trust, for your time, and most importantly, for supporting health and fitness in this world. Enjoy your day. And I look forward to seeing you here next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.